Hi, my name is Andre Jick, and so far the podcast has made one billion dollars. No, it's uh, a, it's a hundred grand. I think it would have been right. nice. Yeah, billion dollars, one hundred thousand dollars. That's awesome. Congrats, you guys. You Thank you so said, much. You should have said, "Come for the coffee, stay for the one hundred thousand dollars." You know, the last time I was here, I broke another milestone too. I broke a million dollar in ad revenue milestone. If you, don't know you if really? Remember. Yeah. It's total, right? Yeah, not, yeah. not for the year, but total. No, not for the year. Total, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Pretty cool. Congratulations. Yeah, we should see each other more often so we can break yeah. more milestones. You know what's funny? I think we're almost about to do that for the second channel. We're what? getting very One million? Close. Almost a million dollars in the second channel. Whatever almost. it is right now, we're going to put it on the screen yeah. for, for you guys Ooh, to see. That's awesome. And right. you've only had it for how long? Two years. Two and a half years, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah. Two and a half years. So about yeah. the same as what I had in my main channel. Right. Got it. Yeah. That's awesome. Anyway, I feel like we should introduce you. So you are the uh, my arch rival nemesis, <laughs> personal finance enthusiast on YouTube. Yeah. One point six million. What are you at right now? I think one point six eight. One point. Like. Okay, but who's counting? One point six eight. But who's counting? You make videos on personal finance. You do a lot of magic. I do. Which uh, is really cool to watch when you're doing these videos to incorporate that into your editing. And it's it's neat. It's really neat stuff. Thank you. And you were able to go from, what was, you You started a, a dividend portfolio. I remember that's how you got started on YouTube on Robinhood. Yep. There's making passive income. And then you've grown that into, what's that at now? Yeah, so far I could check. Can I pull it up? Or Yeah. Yeah, let's see. I think it's a little over 400 now. Um, but I've kind of switched my strategy. So when I started, I wasn't making as much. So now that I'm in the highest tax bracket, I kind of dialed back to focus more on broad market index funds, mm -hmm. which makes a little bit more sense. But so far, it's at, come on, Robinhood, load. Robinhood. Hey, I love Robinhood. Wow, what an amateur. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it doesn't want to load here. The crypto buy guy buys all of his uh, stocks. And, oh, How let's much see. is this? <laughs> It's not loading. <laughs> Come on, Robin. I don't know if it's your service or what. But anyway, it's yeah. about 450, 460 right now. That's great. And that yeah. started from what? And that started from, so I, when I quit YouTube, I think I had in my portfolio about 150, 170. When you quit YouTube? Sorry, when I quit my job to start oh, YouTube. Oh, okay. Yeah, that was 170K around, which mm -hmm. was about two and a half years ago. So got I started it. January 2000, 2019. Yeah. And within two years, I got to a million subs. Luckily, I don't know how I did it, but here it is. And Graham is uh, my mini-me. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> so what I think is really cool, we had you on the podcast. Yeah. Uh, when was it? Back in like February. It was the beginning of this year. Yeah. And we were talking about cryptocurrency. Mm. And you were telling us a little bit about the dangers of Tether and what was going on with Bitcoin and Ethereum. And back then, that was just like just as things were taking off. So what have you now noticed with everything going on with El Salvador with currency prices just going crazy and then just this flash crash that recently happened. What are your thoughts on everything? And have you changed your own investing strategy for crypto? No, it's honestly stayed the same. But exactly what I thought would happen is happening, which is now we're shifting from institutional buying to now countries fighting for Bitcoin. And it seems like if you're an early adopter, then you know it's helping those countries that don't necessarily have strong currencies. So now we have Ukraine, I think, was the latest country that announced that they made Bitcoin legal. And that's going to have, again, a domino effect. We're going to have all these countries around Europe that are going to start adopting Bitcoin. And it's only going to keep growing. So why would a country go and start adopting Bitcoin, which is an alternative currency, to what they could be using and promoting their own currency within said government? Like, why would they allow Bitcoin? Yeah, that's a good question. It's because their currency is not strong enough on a world scale. It's just not a strong currency against the dollar, right? Those countries are printing their money away 
Mm -hmm. So their currency has no purchasing power, which means you're, if you're a citizen of those countries, the price of goods is increasing every day. Right. So to have some sort of store of value for those people, they're trying to put it all into Bitcoin. Would it be possible for them to create their own currency? Like, let's say El Salvador. Right. Instead of Bitcoin, they say, hey, we're coming out with our uh, El Salvador coin. Mm. Everybody's going to get X amount of this coin. You could redeem it for this. We're making this legal tender. There's only going to be so many of these. Like, can't they develop their own? Yeah. And then every country now, like, you go to Canada. They have the Canada coin. You come to the U.S. You got well, that. What would be different from that than, like, the U.S. dollar? It's just a digital. It's really just a digitalized dollar. And people might feel like it has uh, less impact for inflation. Yeah, well, they are doing that right now, but not for the same purposes as they would for Bitcoin. The reason they're doing that is they just want to digitize their currency, right? It's the same as the U.S. is doing here with FedCoin, right? We're trying to create our own U.S. digital coin. And those countries are not trying to recreate Bitcoin. And even if they did, nobody's going to start adopting that currency's currency as Bitcoin. They're not going to just switch over because countries kind of hate each other. They're not going to work together. So Bitcoin has that strength of not being owned or controlled by any single authority. And because no one lays claim to it, people feel like it's kind of neutral. So they want to buy it. Does that make sense? Yes. Isn't it a bit dangerous, though? Let's say for El Salvador, they, they all get a certain amount of currency. I think they were giving everyone uh, $30 of currency, right, if they set up a wallet. Wait, can you explain this yeah. in depth a little bit more for some people that may not know a lot about it? The viewers? I'll let you explain it. About El Salvador? Yeah. No, I'm not actually familiar. Are they giving away $30 in <laughs> yeah, Bitcoin? Yeah, oh, Graham, wow. <laughs> he's back to new a corner. Oh, Where, do you know how to explain right, it, geez. Graham? Are you sure you can do Wait this? Wait a minute. Oh, Where crap. Do Hold I... on. Let me, let, can we Google this? Really? No, I'm kidding. Uh, okay, so. <laughs> Alex, pull it up. <laughs> Hold on. No. Are we getting our citizenships from El Salvador right <laughs> So now? let me explain. So, right. so to my knowledge, to my, what they're doing is that they're giving everyone $30 of Bitcoin who signs up for a wallet and basically implements this. So that's their way, that's their incentive of, of getting people in on the door. And a lot of people just don't know how to work it. They're, uh, you know, it, It's like imagine trying to get like your grandparent to understand how cryptocurrency works, get a wallet address. So they're thinking, well, you know, we throw 30 bucks. Uh, that, that's going to bring enough incentive to, right. to make that happen. But my concern was that... Uh, Literally, the, the, the moment they implement this as legal currency, it drops 15% in a matter of minutes. And having such a volatile currency, now everybody in El Salvador who implemented this, now their money's worth 15% less in minutes. Wait, you said El Salvador's making their own coin or they're giving $30 of Bitcoin? They're giving $30 of Bitcoin to their citizens who And why do you think that drop is happening? It's obviously, it's got to be a whale. I mean, <laughs> we, we don't know exactly... My understanding is that the reason of the drop mm -hmm. was that there was some sort of whale who sold off a massive amount, triggered a whole bunch of margin calls around the way. Um, that lowered the price of Bitcoin to a point, I think it was like 42, where immediately people started buying it back up, kind of stopped that loss. Then it's since recovered to about 46, 47, and now it's kind of hovering there. Mm. That, that's my understanding of it. Yeah, my understanding is just it's a case of buy the rumor, sell the news, right? Like you said, there's just some whales that heard the news. Cool, El Salvador's adopting it. They're implementing it. Sell it. Scare people. Buy the dip. It's just another opportunity for them to take advantage of those people who have no idea what they're doing. But it's again, it's a temporary drop, and that's what Bitcoin does. And these drops are going to become less and less substantial over time as more and more countries start adopting it, as mm -hmm. the market cap continues to grow. Yeah. So who do you think is going to be the next country? Well, Ukraine, I think, was the last one. 
Um, I could see, gosh, I could see countries in Africa start adopting it. So it's illegal in quite a few countries. Oh, yeah. It's illegal in a lot of countries. Yeah. And it's interesting because the countries that it's most illegal in are the ones with the most censorship. It's the governments that are the most corrupt and the most, the, the countries that want to censor the internet, essentially. Mm-hmm. Those are the ones that are not allowing Bitcoin. Right. So. Hmm. And they're the ones that need it the most. Well, those, the, absolutely. They're, they are the ones that need it the most. Yeah. They are liberating those countries. Bitcoin is liberating those countries, 100%. Yeah, but then they give up control. I mean, you have to think, too, if you're right. a dictator and you want to control your, your entire country and just the, the <clears> masses, Bitcoin takes that control away. Right. There's no incentive for those people to want to embrace Bitcoin. And so imagine if that country that is censoring people did create their own currency. Do you think that people around the world are going to be like, oh, El Salvador created their own currency. I got to buy into this. Yeah. <laughs> like, no one's going to do that. <laughs> That's why I don't see any country trying to compete with Bitcoin to any relevant yeah. point uh, yeah i would love to see zimbabwe yeah that'd be incorporate awesome. bitcoin i would love to now why for zimbabwe are you are you not familiar with it <laughs> no please are educate you, me are you actually not i really am not no okay zimbabwe is seeing the most inflation from any location in, in the entire world and you would literally see people with trillion dollar bills trillions and they would have to walk with a wheelbarrow of money there's pictures on it and just to buy a loaf of bread like imagine a wheelbarrow of money but. Hundreds of trillions of dollars to buy a loaf of bread, and I forget what their what their inflation was. It was something like thousands of percent a year. Yeah, the, like if you, you, you if you by the time you receive money and spent it, it's lost value that so, fast. So I'm like a Zimbabwe quadrillionaire, is what yes. you're saying? Yes, and you know what's funny? Well, not really funny, but uh, it, it's odd. I think it's, it's it's you know as as a bit of a souvenir, people buy their currency on eBay. And you could say, like, you could buy $100 trillion notes on eBay for, like, I think it's, like, 20 bucks, something like that. Yeah, but I, I, it just, have, I have a collection from Zimbabwe for those. Yeah. I think there's 1 million, 10 million, 100 billion, yeah. or 100 million, a billion, 10 billion, a trillion. Trillions, yeah. I, I have all of those. I think, I think the top is $100 trillion. And, and it's crazy because yeah. the value of the note itself isn't as valuable as the paper it's printed on. Like, literally, the paper is more Jeez, valuable. Than, it's like the penny. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's a perfect analogy, yeah. That's incredible. That's yeah, insane. It's like the uh, the dollar bills after you know Germany did that thing, and people started burning them because it was cheaper to burn dollar oh, bills instead right. of buy fuel. Yeah, right. and also yeah. Dude, remember um, Venezuela has another problem as well. So Venezuela's money is beautiful. I have a collection of those as well. They have like beautiful artwork mm. on their money, which is also completely worthless, unfortunately. Jeez. And do they allow Bitcoin in Venezuela and Zimbabwe? To my knowledge right now, I don't know. I'm not keeping up with it. See, you really, when you talk about Bitcoin, it sells me on it so hard. Maybe I'm just a little too impressionable and juvenile, but like, (laughs) you're really selling me on it. Uh, Andre doesn't even have to say anything. He just says the word Bitcoin. Jack's like, yes, yes. Bitcoin, good. (laughs) (laughs) Wait a minute, but but why do I have to sell you on it? What what is a non-selling point for you? That means you're you're averse to it. Why don't you like it then? Well, it just went from like 60,000 to Mm 20,000. And for anyone... Look, I have very limited knowledge of cryptocurrency. Yeah. And just from any outsider seeing something do something like that, when compared to like index funds, which are nice and safe, or real estate, which doesn't generally do the same thing in such a short span of time, it's very, very scary. 
first, I want to thank our sponsor, Upstart. Carrying a credit card balance month after month can feel never ending. And trust me, guys, I've been there. And tons of Americans have experienced financial hardship in the last year. So just know that you're not alone. Upstart is the fastest and easiest way to pay off your debt with a personal loan all online. You can consolidate all of your debts into one easy fixed monthly payment. And Upstart knows that you're more than just a credit score. And that's why they take into account your current employment and income to find you a smarter rate. And if you have just five minutes, you can go check your rate upfront all online if you're borrowing between $1,000 and $50,000. And you can receive the funds as fast as one business day after accepting. Find out how Upstart can lower your monthly payments today by going to upstart.com slash ICH. That's upstart.com slash ICH. Don't forget to use our code so that they know we sent you. Loan amounts will be determined from your credit, income, and certain other information provided in your loan application. Upstart.com slash ICH. Thank you so much, Upstart, for sponsoring this episode and back Back to to the the podcast. podcast. You know, yeah. so I do allocate a certain portfolio percentage, mainly just listening to what Graham says. You know, he's the three to five percent, and that's kind of what I'm doing. I'm at like five. Yeah, what to if 7%. you? It, it's surprising that you say that, Jack, because you're the guy who invested. You had like sixteen grand invested in Dogecoin. I was just point. about to say that. So like, that's the, guy the most Doge. volatile thing no, 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 ever. No, no, no. That's different. It was going up. And, <laughs> okay, and that's that going only goes up. Yes. Bitcoin could go down. A lot of that was about principle, and honestly, I'm going to say it, a lot of it was about proving you wrong. Right? <laughs> <laughs> just because I, but, I was spiteful. But, but I just want to say it is lower today than the point I told you to sell at originally. It's lower today than the point you. Yes. Yeah, but I sold at twice what you told me to sell at. Well, I've been telling I've been telling you to sell along the way. That's. But <laughs> the point being, if, you, if still, I sold it the first time you told me to sell, I'd be up it, like a hundred bucks. It's still, <laughs> it's still lower than that point where I was like, hey, you should probably sell. Right. What's it's your most careful. speculative investment right now? Right now, well, I got uh, probably the power of like eight to nine hundred shares of Palantir. Oh wow! So you mean options trading? Well, I have three. Well, he calls it the power of the power. Well, of. like, no, I like, say I got some see, you know, call options. Yeah. Okay. So I have like three or four call options leaps. So like way out in 21, 22, way in the money. So like strike price, I'm talking like $7.50, $10. And then I think I have four or 500 shares. Mm. So like eight, 800. I effectively. I like how you just use options trading language and you're like, oh, for people who don't know what Bitcoin is, <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm way in the money for this. Like, what did you just say? Uh, yeah. So effectively I'm owning, you know, eight, 800 or whatever. Shares. 800 shares. Yeah. Palantir, and how much which are they is, worth? Oh, uh, they're 26 bucks. And the, I mean the grand total value of them. I'm not sure. So like the, the options that I bought were about a thousand dollars each. So $3,000 and then or 500 shares of Palantir, I guess, would be like 15, 15 grand. Yeah, 15 grand. 15,000. Yeah, so like $18,000 in Palantir. And that's like, for me, that's like a ton of money. That's What's like, your portfolio value in total? Wait, so what are you, <laughs> <laughs> so what are you asking? What are you asking the question? Me exactly? I want to compare your <laughs> investment that you consider is the most volatile or the most risky to your actual investment portfolio. So you're asking how much money do I have in the stock market? Well, just in general, how much are you investing? Wait, so let me get this straight. So you're you're asking stock market <laughs> investment. What no, I have invested? I'll answer it. I'll answer it. As <laughs> no, the guy behind you. <laughs> I'll answer it. As me long or Graham? Is it okay one, for yeah. me to say, Graham? Why? Why wouldn't... Okay, I was like, is he I your daddy? Care. No, I'm just, I'm just curious. <laughs> yeah. You okay. So ask my permission. All right. In Robinhood, I think I have like $55,000. In Vanguard index funds, I probably have like eighty dollars to $90,000. And then in... M1 finance, I have about 70. So 150, so about 200,000. Okay. Is that 215? Maybe 215, 220? Yeah. 
And that's how much I have invested in the stock market. And that counts Palantir. Yeah, and that counts Palantir. Which is about 15K. Yeah. That's that's not bad. That's less well, than Well, Palantir's what? a it's, it's a kind 7%. of a newer stock. Yeah, 7%. 7, 7, 7, 7, 7, yeah, IPO'd yeah. in the last year, and it's a newer tech stock. It's a little more volatile. Mm. But then again, I, I like the stocks. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I guess that's more right. speculative. DFV. I have, I have more money in individual stocks like Apple. I think I have like $30,000 in Apple. But then again, I wouldn't consider that more speculative than having 18 in Palantir. No, absolutely. But 7% is not that much. So if I were you, I would definitely swap that 7% Palantir with Bitcoin and no problem. You'd be fine. I have money in Bitcoin. I have 5 to 7% in Bitcoin. 5 to 7%. All right. Yeah. So you're fine. Yeah. Now, why do I have to, I don't but, have to convince but, but, you with no, Bitcoin. No, no, no. You're I'm just it. saying now you're, you're making it. me want to go to maybe 10, 15%. <laughs> like, like, There's, honestly, you could go 15% Bitcoin. I have the risk tolerance. Yeah. That's the thing. I'll tell you this. I put 10% of my net worth when I reached a million in Bitcoin at the end of 2020. Uh-huh. And I, it pretty much 10x at, at its peak. So crypto, by no intention of my own, kind of became... 30 to 40% of my net worth. So you put in how much initially? Uh, 100 grand. Which was what percent? At the time, about 10%. 10%. Yeah. And then it is now? About 40, 30, 30, 40. Which is how, how much money? Uh, roughly a million. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, roughly. That's pretty good. That's, I mean, bad. that's incredible. That's, it's it's that's, really good. Yeah. So really I'm good. looking for places to put it so that wait, I can wait, start wait, earning wait. interest. Wait, wait, wait. So you turned it. from 100,000 to a million? So but you said it 5x'd. No, I said no, it 10x. 10x at its peak. 10X. I think that's our title oh, right there. Yeah. yeah, it's peak. Got it, got so, it, got it. I've got the title. Yeah, <laughs> that's incredible. Wow, Andre, I had yeah. no idea it was like that, man. Yeah, no, Good it's job. really cool. But I've been investing in Bitcoin since 2014. I just didn't have that much right. money to put into it at that time, and I didn't really fully understand it. And I'm still trying to understand it. It's like the longer you're in Bitcoin, the more you learn, and the more you realize how much you don't know about it. See, I think that's a, that's a little hard to stomach for new investors that aren't so familiar with Bitcoin, it might deter them. It's like, if they think that buying Bitcoin is much more complicated than buying a house, which to a lot of people probably does seem like that because people have houses, right. uh, then it's going to deter a lot of people. Like getting and starting investment properties is hard for people to stomach because it's just like, you have to know how to fix this. You got to know contract. You got to know the, this. That's not true. The, the difference between real estate and Bitcoin is that real estate, you need a lot of money to get started with, relatively mm -hmm. speaking. With Bitcoin, if you try to introduce Bitcoin from a price appreciation perspective, if you're like, hey, I've got a cool opportunity for you to 10x your money. That's terrifying. I would never take that investment. Sure. That's why if I'm talking to somebody about Bitcoin, I'm never going to say, look how much money I've made with it. Mm -hmm. I'm going to tell them about the Federal Reserve, and I'm going to paint this picture of how money works and what it is and how it's exchanged and what Bitcoin, you know, the Bitcoin story in this world. And I think once you understand the monetary system relatively, you don't have to understand it to the full degree, but just a little bit of the basics, I think you start to understand that Bitcoin is not a risk at all. If you look at it from a price perspective, which is what I think Graham was doing for a really long time, mm -hmm. then it's absolutely risky. It seems yeah. like a scam. He's like, I don't want to do this. So I wouldn't think about it in terms of price. I would think about it in terms of the narrative uh, and, and its place in, in the world. The use cases do make a lot of sense. But then again, it is just so much information because it is like it's so new. It's overwhelming. And, and uh, you know, I feel like we haven't even explored its its full capabilities yet. So like I said, I think it could deter some newer investors. And I'm sure if there was some sort of like Bitcoin encyclo encyclopedia or something that people could access with like a simplified version, if you know of any. It's called uh. YouTube. It's called Andre's <laughs> channel. That's true. Well, I'm not a crypto channel, but I do do a lot of crypto content. And... The thing that I guess upsets me the most is that <clears throat> a few years from now, the people that are going to that are learning about Bitcoin now that are just getting their feet wet, 
they're going to miss the boat in the next few years. It's going to be unattainable to even own, own one Bitcoin. Really? Oh, yeah. Like I said, countries are going to buy in. Institutions are going to yeah. buy in. I wouldn't be surprised if one day each Bitcoin is worth like a million bucks. That'll happen, I think, before 2030. See, but if you are that bullish on it, yeah. why 30 to 40% considering you have such a strong income? And right. that's not going anywhere. And uh, you, you have a loan on, on your house? Do you still no, have debt on it? All. You paid it on cash, yeah. right? So why not Unfortunately, just- Unfortunately, yes. Why not just go in on Bitcoin? You, you could invest a yeah. million dollars into, into an investment property or two, and then that will basically ensure that you're safe for the rest of your life considering sure. you have your current house paid off, and then just everything else Bitcoin. No, that's a great point. And the reason I'm not doing that is because I'm also risk averse, and I think there are things that we don't know that we don't know. And that's, you don't know what's going to happen. So, yeah. I mean, I fully believe in Bitcoin. And if I was a bigger risk taker, that would be the smartest move right now. Because Bitcoin is going to appreciate far more than anything the stock market's going to do in the next 10 years. Selling so, me on it. Yeah. Selling it me on it. it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, why don't you go up to like... Uh, yeah, so, so for you, Bitcoin's got to be, what, 30%? Yeah. Yeah. It's not bad, honestly. Yeah. And I think from here on out, even if you just invest 20% of your income back into Bitcoin... Still pretty good. Yeah. No, I feel like I have a pretty good ratio. Twenty to thirty percent of my net worth in Bitcoin as it is at a million. That's not bad. I feel good with that. First, we want to thank Grammarly for sponsoring this episode. Jack, you know what recent time saving tips I've recently found? What? If you shower with your clothes on, you're effectively doing laundry at the same time. Wait, but then never mind. But Alex, do you know what's been saving me time? Uninstalling Tinder? No. Well, yeah, but also our sponsor today, Grammarly. When you want to save time throughout your day and want to work more efficiently, it's the little things that really start adding up. And Grammarly Premium gives you real-time suggestions on your writing wherever you are. For example, when I DM guests to come on the podcast, I want to make sure that my message comes across clearly and accurately the first time. With Grammarly Premium's clarity suggestions, I make sure I'm not using any repeated or unnecessary words. And their vocab suggestions offer replacements for overused words and phrases. And with their browser plugin and mobile app, I can use Grammarly Premium no matter where I'm at. And with the free version of Grammarly, anyone can be protected from spelling, grammar, and punctuation mistakes. And actually, that means you too, Alex. Stop letting autocorrect duck up these sponsor scripts. Hit send with confidence and let your message come across much more clearly with Grammarly Premium. Get 20% off Grammarly Premium by signing up at Grammarly.com slash iced coffee. Thank you so much, Grammarly, for sponsoring this episode and back back to to the the podcast. podcast. Especially in the next 10 years. What are your thoughts now on Ethereum? Because everything happening with Ethereum lately is actually really interesting. And now I've started to buy more Ethereum when it dipped below, I don't know, 3,500. It, it dipped around like 32. I started buying back in. Right. And I was not buying Ethereum. I, I think I said on the Millennial Money podcast that I was only going to buy Ethereum when it dropped below 18. Or it was like 19. And I, and I did a little bit. But uh, now it's like 32. And it, that, that seems like a decent price to me. How many coins on. do you have? 50, 60? 50, 60. That's yeah. really good. I have so far about 100 of them. I, I'd like to have more. But yeah, Ethereum's going to crush it next year, I think, especially just because they're going to go to the proof of stake model. And at that point, it's going to be insane. So for some people that may not understand Ethereum to the full extent, because I know a lot of people say <laughs> Ethereum is way stronger currency than Bitcoin. I hear that a lot. Right. Like a lot of people would die for Ethereum. Why, like, what is that argument simplified? Oh, gosh. At its simplest core, I would say the reason people say that is because Bitcoin is deflationary 
And as a currency, you don't want deflationary currencies because deflationary currencies incentivize people to hoard on, right? They like just hold on to their money. And it's like, I'm not going to spend it. Ethereum has a higher print rate to where it's considered inflationary. So there's an endless supply of Ethereum. Right now there is. Technically there is, yes. Now in 2022, when we go to proof of stake, which is a different consensus model, we'll have a 90, I believe, don't, don't quote me on this, but a 90% issuance cut. So the, the rate yeah. at which we create Ethereum will be cut by 90% mm-hmm. in 2022. At that point, it'll still be an inflationary currency, but it'll be substantially less. And do you know why they're doing that? Is the inflation rate a little too high at its current state? They're just restructuring the incentives that aligns more with proof of stake rather than what does that do? Work. What? How does that help proof of stake? To me, it seems like they do that and it boosts the price up for everybody else. Yeah, that's it, what it seems. It seems like it's more like about selling it. Yeah, it's, it's like the Fed kind of like you know protecting inflation, but they're boosting the market up. It seems like this is like well, it works better. But it's also going to. I wouldn't say rich. it's like a marketing gimmick. It's not. It's not a marketing gimmick. It's just instead of the fees going to the miners, the fees would instead go to the people holding the coins. That's the proof of stake, right? So if you're holding the coins, you are the one that gets the fees rather than the miners. So it's it's less a marketing gimmick and it's more yeah, of just but, but, a mechanic of it. Yeah, but if they're if they're issuing ninety percent less, that's going to incentivize people to hold on to it. And use it less as a currency for its intended purpose, right? No, it's too early to say, I think. Okay. I, th- I think we should wait and see. <clears throat> but all currencies in their current form are, are bad currencies just because they're very slow and expensive to use. Like Bitcoin, for example, the block time is 10 minutes, right? That means if I was to buy something at the store right now, not to mention the fact that it's like $5 to even spend a Bitcoin, which makes no sense if I'm going to buy something that's $5, I'm going to have to wait potentially up to 10 minutes to check out, which would be really lame, right? I have to wait in line for 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. People behind me would be really upset. So on layer one, Bitcoin is not a good currency. Neither is Ethereum. We have to go to a second layer. It's kind of like, think of it like dimensionally, we have to go to a higher dimension, a higher level to interact with these currencies. But that's a whole nother enchilada that if you want to get into that. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do we want to get into that? I do. <laughs> Yeah. So it. are you saying like like how Robinhood's not technically like trading the stocks like because I think right. we talked about this last well, time but this whole new enchilada right. would be something you trade on top yes. of of it that basically just signifies it but it's not actually exactly. it, and it has a faster transfer speed yeah. and then once that transfer occurs then it has the like it's 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 slowly pushing so, this log like yes. the, the lower enchilada. It, so it kind of I, I hate this enchilada talk. It reminds me of like <laughs> well, reminds me of Hispanic food, man. Yeah, bro, it's good. reminds me of gold. It's like we're we're going from gold, where it's like it was expen- uh, it was it was difficult to like, hey, I'm going to pay you an X amount of gold, but I have to find a way to store it. So instead, we're going to create this dollar that signifies what gold should be. So I just pay we pay in dollars that's redeemable for gold. Yeah, Graham's ahead of the curve. He knows yeah. where I'm going with this, but yeah. But as soon as this upper. So, so let me Enchilada. just <laughs> gets established, then it will be quicker. Yeah, then we have any time horizon on this. Yeah, upper, then it's, then it's like then it's the rice, then it's the beans, and yeah. then it's the full meal. No, it's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Think, think of the Ethereum that within like the like the salsa on top, like the guacamole, <laughs> if you will. Man, I'm getting hungry. You know? <laughs> okay, so what you were saying? And with the Robin gas fees it, are like sour cream. <laughs> I don't know, I'm making stuff up. <laughs> Let's just keep it going. I'll actually do this. So what you said with Robin is absolutely true. What we're trading in Robin is just derivatives, right? 
the representation right. of the shares and not necessarily the shares themselves. Mm-hmm. So that's how Bitcoin is trying to become a currency is through something called the Lightning Network, which I know you've heard of before. Oh. And the Lightning Network is like, imagine if Graham and I wanted to interact with each other. And the Lightning Network is a bunch of nodes that are all connected to each other. And if Graham and I connect, maybe Graham and I are also connected to Starbucks or to... Uh, what's the coffee brand bankroll bankroll Bankroll. Bankroll. oh sorry this is smooth now for sale at (laughs) bankrollcoffee.com bankroll coffee all right so let's just say that we're all connected to all these different businesses this money bitcoin would be routed through our channels so if you and i wanted to send bitcoin to each other rather than transact on layer one which is expensive we would open a channel together we would deposit our bitcoin enough to cover the cost of those transactions we would transact infinitely, instantaneously, cheaply. And when we're done, we can close out our channels and we can settle then on the layer one. Does that make more sense? Yeah, totally. Okay. So how often would layer one settle? Is this something like, you're, I'm, I'm going to put like 50 grand Bitcoin in this account, trade instantaneously, and like every week it settles? Or Right, that's a good question. So initially it seems like we'd be closing it all the time. But opening a channel and closing it, you have to pay a fee on layer one. So it kind of doesn't make sense. So if you want to create a channel, you're probably not going to close it for a very long time. So I will say that, like, and I know I'm going to upset a lot of people that believe in the Lightning Network, but the Lightning Network is something that's been promised to us for, I want to say, like the last six years now. And it's been perpetually two years away. And it's not, I mean, it's here, but not to the degree that we'd like to see it. Just because the technology itself is so, so, so complicated that, okay, so let's get deeper. So Bitcoin works on uh, game theory. It's an incentive theory where humans are incentivized to be greedy because we are, where humans are greedy, right? So Bitcoin works because we're greedy. That's why we have miners. They get paid fees. Miners are not doing this altruistically. They're doing it to get paid these fees, right? The Lightning Network is not necessarily aligned with the right game theory. In order for the Lightning Network to work, game theory kind of falls apart because a lot of Lightning's, I guess, security issues stem from people needing to be altruistic. They need to not uh, screw each other over. Because there aren't so many fees and stuff like that. It, and it, ways I'm to not going to get into it because even I don't, I don't understand the extent of how it works. But just know that game theory doesn't work on this second layer as much. People have to be trusted to do the right thing. Bitcoin works precisely because you don't need to trust me to do the right thing. I have no choice. Bitcoin works the way that it works because of game theory. And if you develop a new technology to try to interact with it on, it breaks down because now it's a completely separate thing. And so just as Graham was saying, when we had gold, it had its own problems, right? That was base layer one. It was heavy. It was expensive. It didn't make sense. We created dollars that represented pieces of gold, which we then interact with, right? But at some point, we got rid of gold, and well, at some point we printed so much paper that it didn't even represent that piece of gold anymore. So that was the issue we came across. And one of the arguments that I think Graham was about to bring up is that we could experience the same thing on Lightning, where we're creating so many of these right. derivative coins that may not be... It detaches. Yeah, from... exactly. It detaches from base layer one. That's, right. that's one of the arguments. But, but a deeper argument beneath that is game theory, mm. which again is just the technology doesn't work if you're going to be selfish. Because there are times at which you'll have a choice. Uh, Do I steal money from this person or do I not? And when that happens with money, it just falls apart. Now, again, I'm going to upset a lot of people in the crypto space. Like, oh, Andre doesn't know what he's talking about with the Lightning Network probably. But 
becomes very complicated. And for for me, I'm not 100% convinced that the Lightning Network will ever be created. It'll never really exist to the degree that we think about it. But even so, even let's just say that the Lightning Network fails and it just can't exist, right? Let's just assume that. Let's mm-hmm. assume the worst. Bitcoin will still be more right. than, more likely to be worth a million dollars by 2030, even if it does not become the currency of the world. So you don't think by dangling this carrot of the lightning theory or the lightning whatever, it's Network. increasing the price of Bitcoin, drawing no, more I attention to it. No, I think it has very it. little to do with it. I think the, the, the yeah, average person has no idea what the heck lightning network is. I Yeah, I mean, I've heard of it before, but yeah. I did not know. I don't even think it's priced in. Honestly. It's not priced in, no. No, so if they were to say, oh, we're not going to do the lightning thing, it's not going to... I don't think it's going to... You know what it is? It's all, it almost reminds me of like Tesla's autonomous taxi network. <laughs> yeah. It's not really priced in. I don't think it is. I, besides Kathy would believe in, oh, you know, it's going to be 3000 a share. Right. I don't think the average investor is looking at that and be like, yeah, that's going to be an autonomous taxi network in five years from now. I, that's that. Sure, I could We're going to buy that. that. But there's so many things Elon has said that I don't know if it's priced into the stock because he's promised the world and he's promised just everything. Yeah. So I don't know how much of it, like you said, is priced in or not. But I feel like every time I talk about Bitcoin, like we're getting really into the weeds here. It just probably puts people to sleep. But I, I think game theory is super fascinating. That is fascinating. Yeah, I, I agree. Cool. I like it. Yeah. yeah. Bitcoin works because people are greedy and they're uh-huh. selfish. And Bitcoin works because it relies on that. I'm glad I got the answer to Ethereum and why that like people like that so much. Are you That's doing awesome. Ethereum, Jack? I'm doing Ethereum on the yeah. side. A little <laughs> bit. Of, really? yeah, a little here. Yeah. yeah, I think I'm actually nearly 50-50 Ethereum Bitcoin. Wow. And then I'm good. like, I got like $1,000 in Litecoin. Mm. Don't know what it does. Yeah, okay. So just someone told me Let me, me ask it. you this. Why isn't Litecoin the next thing to like blow up? Because it reminds me a little bit of like Dogecoin in a sense where it's like you see it on Robinhood. Right. And you're like, wow, it's 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 cheap relative to everything else. Let's mm. buy this. Mm. Why aren't people? Why has why has nobody done that with Litecoin yet? Yeah, that's a good question. I think the reason is, and I could be wrong. Two reasons. Number one, because it's an old coin, right? It's not exciting anymore. It's not like, oh, guess what? Somebody created this new technology. Yeah. Gets a lot of hype, right? So it's old news. Number one. Number two, I think it lost momentum and steam when the creator of Litecoin sold out and he just sold all of his position and he left the project that's what dogecoin did true true but for some reason it didn't have a stain on that project the same way that it did for Litecoin. people just had a really bad experience when that happened and i think that kind of killed the momentum of litecoin and it just never came back part of me always looked at litecoin and be like you know what maybe just throw like 50 100 grand in it oh wow it did well for me so far litecoin yeah well, the, the only reason I say that is because it just seems like just in terms of human psychology, when you're looking at the stats, you have, you have Dogecoin, the least expensive, and then Litecoin, right. and Robinhood. Yeah, actually, a, uh, yeah. a lot of investors will do this. They'll look at the top five or let's say coin. I don't know what, what it is on Coinbase, like the top five. But like you said, if, if they see Bitcoin at 40000 and Ethereum at 4000 right. and they see Litecoin at $100, right. 200 it's like, oh, well, of course, this one is cheaper. Yes. And so <laughs> people will invest in it short term. Uh, yeah, no, I'm not saying that that's any representation of value or right. that it means it's a good deal. I'm just saying, like, psychologically. Oh, yeah. I, I bet a lot of people do that with Dogecoin. They looked at it and be like, it's a yeah. fraction of a cent. <laughs> I did. <laughs> Let me buy $100, 100%. worth. Yeah. 100%. That's what happened with Ethereum Classic as well. Yeah. Ethereum Classic, I think, was 100 Two hundred dollars. I was like, "Oh, great! This is like a discounted Ethereum." Yeah, people bought into it. Now, if you want to hold on to it for a little long term, I think is a whole different question. I wouldn't be willing to, but 
knowing crypto, I know like a year from now, people can be like, oh, that Andre, he's an idiot. Look, Litecoin's at 10 grand now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, like... I, I, I would be shocked. But I could honestly see Litecoin going from like 120 to, I don't know, 500 bucks, 600, yeah. just at least something so. relative. Because even when you look at the recent, like uh, when, when Bitcoin hit 60K, Litecoin basically just hit its all-time high in 2017. Okay. It never went beyond that. See, for me, whenever we talk about this kind of stuff, that to me is like the epitome of gambling. And I, and I saw this in 2017 when all these ICOs were being created and people were like, yeah, but there's new technology and it's going to go to the moon and the exact same reasons. And you could be 100% right. But I feel like at this point, because we have Bitcoin and Ethereum, which are taking like 90% market share, if you're not going to invest in those and you're just going to, speculate on the other ones to me that's literally no different than going to the casino and playing blackjack you could be 100 percent right or you could be wrong and it goes nowhere and you lose all your money mm-hmm. like if you want to take that risk that's fine but i think that fuels the narrative of crypto being speculative well, is like when people I, yeah. think like that i don't think you'd lose your money i would think you lose the opportunity cost of not investing in something else mm, i don't know i feel like if you really focused on bitcoin and ethereum if you know that's a surefire bet like long, yeah, long-term, I would agree. Long-term, I would agree 100%. With you. So yeah. why speculate short-term? Like, I feel like that's what really scares people off is this talk when you're like, oh, my God, my head's exploding with information. Bitcoin, Ethereum is so complicated. And it's like, now let me introduce you to Litecoin <laughs> and Dogecoin. And like, you're just like, dude, forget about it. It just gets too speculative. So you think that Bitcoin and Ethereum, not like literally, but are really kind of the only like legitimate ones? No, no, not, not, not true. No. I think there's going to be a, a few crypt- cryptocurrencies in the future that are going to be a big part of the economy. I don't know which ones. Mm-hmm. I mean, people speculate like Cardano is going to be maybe an Ethereum. But right now it's really maybe Bitcoin and Ethereum. Not to give you like, not to force a hot take on you. Right. Right. But maybe only Bitcoin, Ethereum. Are uh, honestly, right I'm not like an expert in any of this stuff. Not Bitcoin, not Ethereum, not these like altcoins. Mm-hmm. So I can't answer that for you. There are other people that are like way more knowledgeable about this stuff. I'm pretty sure there will be. I don't know what they are. And I would, if I have Bitcoin and Ethereum, this is something Warren Buffett, by the way, uh, something he said. He said, if you have one good idea for an investment, and I'm paraphrasing, your second best idea will never be as good as your first. So if you know that Bitcoin is your best idea, let's say, or Ethereum, why would you ever go anywhere else if you know that you only have (laughs) one best idea? Right? That's probably why he's worth like a hundred billion dollars. <laughs> yeah, it, it doesn't Smart. make sense to 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 yeah. stray away. Huh. So what's up with uh, this Cardano, huh? Yeah, what does <laughs> what does Cardano do? How much is that going to be worth? <laughs> <laughs> what's your price target on yeah, Cardano? Yeah, yeah. Hey, I've been trying that. to get Charles Hoskinson, the creator of Cardano, on YouTube, but uh-huh. and and he followed me on Twitter, and I reached out to him, but he hasn't responded yet. So I'm waiting. But I'd love to have him on. If you're watching this, Andre wants to have you on, Charles. I, I would love to have Charles on. He's really, really great. He's knowledgeable. Yeah. Do you know anything about Cardano? Yeah, what does it do? No, I, I, don't, I don't even want to comment on that because I know people are going to be like, nah, you have no idea what you're talking about. So I'm not yeah. even going to try. Well, that's fine. Neither do I. And it's so crazy because with crypto, it, it's so intense. Like with stocks, there's, there's only so much information that you have to look into to be like, okay, I think this is a worthwhile stock to get into. This, this company's balance sheet looks healthy enough to where it looks undervalued i'm going to invest in it yeah. but with crypto it's like there's it's like a never-ending black hole of information 
So it's like, oh, what about yeah. Bitcoin? What about Ethereum? What about Cardano? <laughs> that makes sense. You don't know one nuance and then people yeah. just yeah, jump yeah, on exactly. you for it. So you miss one nuance. Why don't we call out some scams? What are some things that <laughs> oh you, what are some things that you would say like that's questionable? No, I, I, that's literally putting me on the chopping block with crypto. It's really? like you say one wrong thing. We've moved on to like a newer era of investing where if you say anything bad about anything, even if it's a blatant scam, like, what was it? BitConnect. BitConnect was. Yeah. Even at that time, if you had said BitConnect is a scam, you would have been destroyed why, socially. Why do you think people take it so seriously? I think like because, take it personally. Yeah, that's a good question. Because the people that invest in the most speculative investments generally are not, I would say, the most clued in and the most, I don't want to say intelligent, but... The most maybe educated. You know, educated about what they're doing. And they're, as a result, probably not the wealthiest either. And so to them, these investments represent their escape to freedom. Like it, it's, it's like don't get in the way between a mammal and its food. Like if you get mm. in the way, you're going to get mauled. So it doesn't matter what you say about these investments. If, if you have nothing positive to say, just get out of the way and don't say it. Yeah, you know what it reminds me of a little bit that uh, the fact that you say anything negative could influence the price. Oh, absolutely. Of that cryptocurrency, and because of that, it's costing them money. Right. So if if I say I don't like this stock and the stock price goes down a cent, that's costing somebody something. Exactly. And that could be their livelihood, whether absolutely. that's right or wrong. It's literally taking food off their yes, table. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, if you I, hate I on index never. funds, no one's like, oh, no, you yeah, know. Exactly. But here's the thing: like, I talked so much uh, crap about BitConnect back in the day. I got so much hate, and yes. all of my, I remember one of my BitConnect videos was more dislikes than likes, which is like right. never happens on YouTube unless right. you really mess up. But right. I'm like, I'm right about this. Right. At, at what point do you got to be like, I'm I'm doing a public service. I'm protecting people because eventually I'm going to be right. At, like. At what, can I save 100 people from investing in this thing and losing their money if in the short term it causes you know, some people to question their investment and get angry? Yeah, that's a really good question. I guess that comes down to who you choose to be as a person, and I guess I've chosen not to be the moral arbiter of truth when it comes to things. Like I'll just let people find out for themselves, and I don't want to stand in anybody's way of making or losing money if that's what they want to do. I want to talk about what I enjoy and mm -hmm. what I think is the best investment, and that's what I think, and I'm not going to try to put anyone else down, even if I believe that it's a scam. Uh, completely unrelated to scams or anything. Andre, there's this video that you took down about this coin. Yeah. Um, you know, unrelated to, you know, what we were talking about. Uh, what can you, you know, what can you say about that coin, you know, without naming the coin? Oh, gosh. Wow. Wait, didn't we, what coin is it? Oh, is it? It's, we can talk about yeah, it. Yeah, we can talk. Okay, this is the first time. Yeah, wow. I don't know much right. about it other than the video that I made on it. Yeah. So just for anybody unaware, that was called the Million Token, right, from mm -hmm. Tech Lead. Um, so he released that token. And I, I guess when he launched it, it was supposed to be backed $1 for every coin that he released. And it was only supposed to be a million. Well, it turns out that I think he initially put in like $50,000 mm -hmm. into it. And he didn't have the full million. But by that point, when he was, quote unquote, exposed for not having done that, the project was so valuable that he could easily just liquidate his holdings and represent the million one for one. So mm -hmm. it was just more of like a political witch hunt, I guess. Right. Yeah. And so a creator, uh, CoffeeZilla, made a video on Tech Lead 
And they had this, like what I like to call the most toxic collaboration on YouTube I've ever seen. It was is, interesting. It was I interesting. I liked those back and forth. I can't stand yeah. those. Uh, <laughs> when they're just like back and forth arguing with each other, right? And it's so interesting because I feel like Tech Lead really got CoffeeZilla to play into yeah. this project. Like he played him like a fiddle. He really did this intentionally. Now, when I released my video and I saw CoffeeZilla release his, I was like, oh gosh, well, if it's true and if this project really is a scam, I should probably take my video down because I don't want anybody else to get hurt. And for doing that, I started to notice like my YouTube channel started to get negative comments. And I'm like, what's going on? That's when I found out what was going on. And to this day, none of it makes any sense to me because even though I took my video down, Tech Lead <laughs> and CoffeeZilla have made these videos back and forth with each other. Meanwhile, I take my video down. You have to remember, Tech Lead is making money off of his project. He's making money off of his videos. CoffeeZilla is making money off of Tech Lead's videos. They're having this toxic collaboration where they're both making money off of each other. And I'm the idiot in the middle that's not making money off of anything. And I'm just like, gosh, I should just take this video down because it doesn't make sense. I think the moral of the story is to keep the video up. Because once the video is on YouTube, for the most part, it's it's up there. Somebody's downloaded it. Somebody's reacted to it. Somebody's responded to it. Well, somebody could find it. And then if you take it down, the immediate go-to is, what is he hiding? Right. Why did he have to take it yeah. down? He wouldn't take it down if he didn't do something wrong. Right, right. And that's why I've always had this, this philosophy where if, like, if I post something up there, I'm going to keep it up. Right. And it's just because otherwise if you take it down now, it's like, you know, well, I'd rather, gener yeah. generally I agree with you. I took it down and I waited until Tech Lead made a response. That's what I said. I was like, I'll wait until the creator makes a response that makes sense. I'll put it back up. Tech Lead never really made a, a like a non-sarcastic response that I understood because all of his videos are very sarcastic. So I watched all of his videos, but it didn't feel as though he addressed directly. It was like character assassinations yeah. back and forth. But what's interesting to me, though, is that after I made my community post explaining what happened, explaining my position, CoffeeZilla made a comment on my community post that's like, oh, well, you know, good job. You made the right decision. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. And then I'm like, wait a minute. These... These two guys are giving each other so much toxic attention, and this project is getting so much attention, and CoffeeZilla is making money off of this project because they're making videos about each other. How is it my responsibility to take my video down? Meanwhile, he's making five or six videos on his million token. So, it's, just kind, well, it's, it's a double standard. It doesn't make any sense because yeah, no. I have nothing to benefit from. CoffeeZilla is making money. TechLead's making money. And yet CoffeeZilla is like, oh, good job for taking it down. Like, wait a minute, should it be your responsibility to not make videos about this either because you're giving it way more attention than my one video did? Well, I think the difference is that CoffeeZilla really called it out uh -huh. negatively. I think right. your video, from what I remember... Was neutral. Was neutral. Yes. It wasn't positive, it wasn't negative, it was right, right in the middle. Right. And so people can interpret that however they like. They can right. interpret that positively, or they could just be, ah, I'm not interested. Right. CoffeeZilla was very much on the side of, this is bad, this is negative, these, these are these, are these, these li sure. you know, lies. Sure. Um, but he's smart enough to know, and so is TechLead, and so is CoffeeZilla, they're both smart enough to know that regardless of what the message is, positive, negative, or neutral... The end result is that you're still bringing more attention to a project that CoffeeZilla otherwise believes is a scam. Uh, I don't, That's I, fair. I don't believe, I, I, look, yeah. you're right. You yes. bring more attention to it. But at the same time, I bet that the net change in people buying and selling Millionaire Token, considering CoffeeZilla making these videos, is probably fewer people. No. Or Incorrect. Those, you think so? I know so. 
that more people bought it after Absolutely. CoffeeZilla made his videos. Yes. But then again, wouldn't these people just be negligent? Doesn't no, matter. Or they go into it is just like at least knowing that like, hey, this is what's going on. Let me take a risk on it. The general rule of thumb for crypto, and this isn't always true, but it, it happens more often than you think, is that whenever a project is having negative publicity and negative attention, that's when people buy in more. Because they see wow. it as an opportunity. They're like, ooh, it's dipping. I should buy yeah. in now. And whenever somebody praises a project, and believe it or not, I've, I've seen this on my own YouTube videos. Whenever I say something is going to the moon or something is a really cool project, that same day the project will dip. And that's just because people assume, they're like, oh, well, if Andre found out about this, that means we're at the top, right? Now the public is talking about this. So to answer your question, that attention that they brought on the project actually had a net benefit effect. And, I, and I'm telling you, both of those guys are smart enough to understand that. So I, I don't want to be the mascot yeah. of, of, you know, the scapegoat for all of this negative attention. That's why I took the video down. I get that. I don't I know. Don't blame as, you, yeah. as, as far as my thoughts, not that, not that anyone asked for it. Right. I'm pretty much neutral on this, too. I think a lot of the accusations that were made, not the biggest deal to me. Yeah. I would see these things and just be like, all right, there's, I think there's a lot of nuance there and like not putting up a full million doesn't really seem needed. There is no evidence that he cashed out. He made money on the project, but he should make money on the project because he created it. I don't see that as an issue. It didn't right. have the most success. I mean, it... it it mooned right when it launched. I mean, yeah. gosh, it went all the way up to 200 and something. It had like a $200 million market cap, which right. was nuts. Now it's down to like 16, 15 million. So, it, so whoever bought it 200 and it's now down at 16, yeah. they lost a lot of they money. lost a lot for sure. But for the people who bought in at a dollar, it was a smart concept. For sure. I mean, it was, it, it's part of me thinks it's like, not that I would ever do this, but like, why didn't I think of it? It was one of those things. Oh, yeah. Where it's like putting up a million bucks as a social experiment and just back it with your own money for a million I, bucks. I mean, like, there's nothing you could lose on that. I'm not discounting that as something I wouldn't try. Like, I, I would love to do that at some point. And just because he's done it doesn't mean that it can't be done again. I feel like that's something I would love to try at some point. I, I don't know. Like, I don't have plans for it. But I'm just saying, like I said, it's a great idea. It's a good idea. It's a great idea. I bet he had to have had so many lawyers looking through this. Because the, the thing with Tech Lead is that uh, he's not dumb. No, he's very he smart. He's really very smart. smart. And I think he, he just thinks on like a, like a, a, a level outside of what like most people are, are in this like sphere of like where they think. I think Tech Lead is like over here. And just thinking of all, all these abstract thoughts and ideas and what could happen, this and that. So I th I'm thinking he's planned like five moves ahead and isn't going to get sued, is not going to subject himself to the SEC. But there were some things he was saying, like it could go to the moon, this could be – like some of that wording, it, it kind of got me where it's like, mm, it feels like a security. It right. does. Well, so, speaking yeah. of securities, yeah. Did you see uh, Coinbase being – I did. Regulated potentially for yeah. the Lend product. Yeah. So for those not familiar, so because I was doing a lot of research on this today, are you making a video about this tomorrow, Andre? Yeah. Are you going to make a video about it? No comment. <laughs> we always do this, man. Do you, you know, the the, the thing. Wait, we, what we gotta, day is it? It's Thursday today. Yeah, it's Thursday today. Right. Oh, okay. You know what? The thing is, we we got to we got to settle this really quick before we go into this. People think that we collaborate on video ideas right. and we post at the same time. So let's address this. Let's squash yeah. this beef right Sure, now. sure, sure. Why, why do sometimes you post at the same time as me? We both, you, you were posting at 3.15 yes. and then you went to 3.30. 
Yeah, I posted three thirty. Right, and I've been so, doing that for five years. That's true. So. The reason that I did that, I think I started at three originally, yes. then I went to three fifteen. Yeah. And, and it's not because I'm trying to release the video at the same time as you are. It's just genuinely sometimes I'm so late on my edit that I'm just like, ah oh, gosh, I can't make my three fifteen. So my next slot is three thirty. Got it. Okay. And sometimes it's three forty five or four, whenever it might be. But I try to make three fifteen, but it just doesn't always work. Um, that's generally why it's nice at three fifteen because once they're done watching your video, watch yeah. they hop on over to Graham's. So let's do that three fifteen tomorrow for me and three thirty for you. <laughs> I can't promise. Sometimes, sometimes maybe we'll post at three. Yeah, sometimes they post at three because because my strategy sometimes is posting on an off hour and people right. are like, why is it early? Yeah, right. if it's breaking yeah. news, me too. they realize that like, oh my yeah. gosh, it's, it's a, different. Is it a new video. You can't yeah. do that all the time. And if you get like inconsistent too often, they do, won't watch it. All. Absolutely. But like, I would say maybe. Once to twice a month, I'll post early. Right. That's it. So yeah. on occasion, I'll do that. But if I can, I'll try to do that too. If I feel like the video is maybe going to be slow, I'll change up the time. Yeah. It's a psychological thing yeah. too, for sure. But people always think that we collaborate on business. Or We've on, never on, on spoken topics, about no. videos ever or like we never coordinate That would be anything. horrible. And people don't realize that like if we said like, hey, let's both make videos on this topic. We're doing both of us a disservice. Right. Both doing the same topic. I think it, it waters down the overall content right. for each of us. So, okay. It, so just, it just so happens that we, <laughs> I guess, just make the same videos. So, <laughs> so clearly we're doing the same video tomorrow. So I, I have something I feel like I dug really deep into the research for my video tomorrow. So um, did I. Yeah. Who dug right. deeper? Who's de- who went deeper? Oh, gosh. That's, that's a loaded question. Uh-uh. <laughs> Yeah, there's there's a few interesting <laughs> things I found out about, I suppose, why Coinbase is targeted. Because like Brian Armstrong, the CEO of Coinbase, right? Yeah. He feels really slighted. He's like, why is not fair that well, how Coinbase about this? since you're so researched, all right. Explain the issue with uh Coinbase Lend. Coinbase Lend. Yeah. Yeah. So Coinbase Lend is their program to lend out USDC, right? The stablecoin mm-hmm. at four percent. And they worked with the SEC to try to release this product, which was mistake number one. I don't think Brian should have ever contacted the SEC. But they should have because they're a publicly traded company. And if the SEC cracks down on a product like that when they're publicly traded, that is disastrous for the stock. So they have to. Sort of. It's better to ask for forgiveness than it is for permission. That's like, my philosophy. Like what happened generally. with Robinhood's savings account where they just unleashed it and then yes. the SEC and then yeah, the FDIC came, hey, and that was disastrous. That, and they were because they didn't ask. That's not because they didn't ask. That's because they weren't FDIC insured. They should have done that. It no, has nothing to do yeah. with their permission. But, but I would I would beg to differ. Okay. I'd beg to differ. Because it's all it's all in the interpretation of of what they call a bank account fair versus enough. cash management account. Okay, fair enough. I, I think that Coinbase shouldn't have asked permission because there is another public company, which I'll explain in a second, that does have this product, which is Voyager. They have a an interest rate program as well. So the Lend program. So they reached out to the SEC. The SEC says, No, you can't, right? You can't do this project because that's considered a security. And Brian Armstrong, the CEO, started a tweet storm saying this is some sketchy behavior by the SEC. Who are they trying to protect? They're clearly trying to protect the legacy banking system because we're paying way more interest on our accounts than, you know, the national average of 0.06%, whatever it is. So what I figured out, and, and there, there's two real, there's two things. There's something called the Howey test, which I don't know if you covered, right? I did, okay, the Howey cool. test and the Securities Act of 1933. The first page. Jeez. Yes. First I swear. Page. Yeah, this is crazy. This is hilarious. The first page, man. <laughs> oh my gosh. Let's R- drop Ram our secretly videos at the same time. <laughs> He's gonna go back. Let's not. 
<laughs> How long is your video? It's going to be, yeah. It's like 13 and a half. Graham? 13.50. Mine's going to be like 16. Oh, but, I, but, but he has like a minute and a half but, intros and outros. Yeah, so, and so. I'm mentioning I a few right other things in there. I'm, I mentioned a few. You want to watch things, mine because so. mine's more brief and condensed. I want to watch mine because uh, I simplify things a little bit yeah, easier. Yeah, but you'll have a lot more sponsored messages. Who cares about <laughs> But mine's a lot more interesting to watch. No, sponsored messages is this, like two and a half minutes. Oh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> I, don't, I don't fill my content with magic tricks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you get sponsors said, instead. Instead making money, oh, Andre. Instead <laughs> of doing something oh. with that time. Oh, hey, hey, there's no magic tricks tomorrow. Uh, just saying. But, the only uh, magic is that people are going to watch my video okay. first. Okay, okay, so fair enough. We, we covered the two reasons, right? We covered the Howie test and the SEC, but... So I, I kind of resp- <laughs> so I responded to Brian like this. This is this is this is what I'm most proud of the, in the video that I said. Um, the reason that the SEC is targeting Coinbase specifically, whereas they're not with Voyager, is because of how the interest rate model works on Coinbase versus Voyager. The interest rate model on Coinbase is through lending. Lending is considered a security because it just is. It's a lending product. So it's considered a security because in 2008, when we had the collapse, it was a result of the uh, securities lending, yeah. right? L- let me clarify, actually, uh, as someone who's clarify. researched this topic. It's not just lending. Okay. Lending is, to- lending is not a security. It's when you're lending in conjunction with a pool of other people yes. on the efforts of somebody else. And they right. say— That's the Howie test. We're yeah, talking about. We already covered this. But, I'm but over you're this. Saying that, but you're saying that, that lending— is a security. The fact that you're lending. It's not that you're lending. It's you're lending it with I think a pool you're of other people. I think you're nitpicking. I think you're nitpicking too, yeah. Anyway, that's not what I was trying to get at. All right. What I was trying to get at is that Coinbase's interest rate model base is based on lending, right? So we make money through Coinbase, if they had this product out, based on the money they lend out to their clients. Okay. Voyager is not targeted by the SEC, even though it's a public company. Why? You know this? Uh... <laughs> Why? I'm letting you. Oh, okay. I want to see if you All know right. it. All right. So the reason that Voyager is not as targeted is for two reasons. The size of the influence of Voyager, because they're like exponentially smaller than Coinbase, is first reason. The second reason is because their interest rate model is based on the bid and ask spread. Whenever you buy Bitcoin on Voyager, let's say you bought $1,000 worth of Bitcoin, they would find you Bitcoin for $999. They pocket the difference. With that dollar of profit, they pay you interest on your money. That is a significantly lower risk model than lending. Does that make sense? So they incentivize you to hold rather than to, to transact. No, that's not what I was trying, trying to say. So the way Voyager makes its money through this interest rate product right. is through basically scalping your oh, order. That's what they say. We don't know if that's actually the truth. I'm pretty sure it's the truth. I would be shocked if they're making that much money on scalping uh, Bitcoin on the platform to pay if, what their interest rates are. That's I would be shocked. probably not the only way they make money, right? Yeah. But that's just one of the ways. But, like Robinhood. Right. Right. But, but, but part of the Howey test is, is, is saying that Coinbase is using this lended USDC to fund business operations. Yeah. I would be shocked if Voyager was not using your USDC or Bitcoin or whatever to fund business operations in some way or another. They have to. Maybe. But like I said, yeah. because Voyager is exponentially smaller, That's what I and think the influence is. they have on the industry is not the same risk model as lending out our deposits, the SEC is looking at Coinbase differently because they are lending our money, and that's what 
really massively fails the Howie test. I would say the biggest thing for me is just the size. The size publicly traded, and they brought this to the SEC, and the SEC is just against cryptocurrency in general. They want to really regulate it. Um, and I think for them up front, there's no way of making sure that that Coinbase couldn't Ponzi scheme it in some way because they're lending money. Who's to say they're not lending money to somebody else who's lending money to somebody else who's lending money to somebody else? That's, that's and, way more tinfoil hat theory well, than me. Is it? Is it? It's possible. I, I it, it would be possible. shocked. But for the SEC to make sure that isn't happening for the protection of the people. I, I, my difficult. position is Gary Gensler, the, the chairman of the SEC, is not like an evil dude. He just wants to make sure that 2008 doesn't happen again in crypto. And so his approach is to look at every project and every platform independently. Because if what Graham said was true, if the SEC really hates crypto and they really want to regulate it, they would have regulated Voyager out of existence yesterday. But they haven't. Uh, so Why? Because they want to make sure that the innovation we have in the U.S. based on crypto is not stifled. Because if we shut down crypto and we're like, hey, lending, stable coins, crypto is illegal, we're going to lose so much business and so much technology. It's going to go somewhere else, and they don't want to do that. They want to make sure to regulate us only so that 2008 doesn't happen again. And Coinbase's uh, model is more conducive to that. I don't know. What did they do with Ripple? You know, they, they called that a security. Right. Couldn't that be stifling innovation? Coinbase had to take it down. Well, it depends. How is Ripple making its money? How, what is its effect on the industry? Again, I would argue Ripple is a far bigger project than Voyager. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm going to need to rewatch this segment like five times <laughs> to understand <laughs> yeah, Point this. being, Coinbase was shut down by the SEC. They said no crypto lend. Uh, Coinbase came back saying this is unfair. I think they're going to try to work out maybe a middle ground or something. But uh, sure. Overall, I don't know. I, I feel like things should be a lot looser in terms of regulation on that. But also, uh, yeah. also that's the reason why BlockFi is being regulated by the states. Yeah. They're getting crap for it because they have the same interest rate model. They lend our money to their clients. Again, Voyager doesn't do that. That's why they're not looked at as much. What BlockFi is. But anyway. But they say that. Again, I again I'd just be shocked <laughs> that Voyager is not doing that. Because BlockFi could just say, Oh yeah, we're using our crypto bots mm. to go and trade and with your money we do this and we pay you back a percent. But they're not. I mean, they're. I think they're honest, probably, mm. and uh, that that's bad because they're they're being honest, and and maybe they don't comply with certain regulations in certain states in the way that it's defined. But I would be shocked if Voyager is literally making their money from that. Yeah, I guess we'll find out. Yeah, but either way, I think our titles are probably going to be the same tomorrow too. <laughs> What's your title? I'm not going to. I don't it. think it's going to be. I'm mentioning. Do a you few already t- have? Your, you don't have your title. I have, right? No, I, I literally put title undecided. Okay. So what I'll do is I'll post uh, after you. Okay. And then when I see your title, I'll make it better. Sweet. Sounds good. <laughs> but after I get the views. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know. I'm probably going to title it something different. It's probably it, maybe it's going to be crypto related. I'd I'd say fifty fifty. Okay. Yeah. Because I mentioned a few other things. Okay. Yeah. Now I'm just focused on on this issue. Yeah. So if you want to hear this issue, you're saying I'm your guy. But we have a multitude of things, very exciting things. Yeah, yeah is... I talk about five things tomorrow. Yeah. If you don't want to watch sponsors and the other two, <laughs> and the other two things, then uh... yeah. well, if you don't want to waste your time watching magic tricks, then <laughs> who doesn't Phil, want to watch magic that tricks? Just fill it what? long enough for you to place mid roll ads Man, in the video. The come watch over here. Come watch my content. <laughs> if you don't want to watch magic tricks. <laughs> <laughs> Oh god! Uh, Sorry, if if you don't want filler content, try to get it to ten minutes. Yeah, yeah go watch watch sponsors. Miami. That is so funny. That impression was.
Oh, that's nothing. All right, well, we'll see what's ha- what we'll happens. See what I'll, I'll watch both videos. Thank you. I'll let you know. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Wow. <laughs> Where do we go from that here? Was, that was really wow. good. <laughs> what else? Yeah. Oh, yeah. my newest investment. Let's see it. All right. I want to see this. You guys ready for that? Yeah. I don't, yeah. Ready. I don't think you're ready. Love to see it. All right. I know what it is. Do you know what it is, <laughs> Yes, I know what it is. And this is going to be Eclipse exclusive because it's a visual content. Wow. Ooh. Yes. Yeah. Subscribe down below to the uh, Eclipse channel. This is only going to be available there since this is uh, yeah. a visual. Right. Do I show that? Wait, Andre, to entice them, yeah. you know, the clips people, how much did you spend on this investment? I'm not going to say how much, but I can say uh, what the original listing was uh, listed for. Yeah, yeah, that would be good. It was listed for $220,000. Oh, sweet. Whoa, that was incredible. That was cool. That was so cool. I'm so glad I watched that on the Clips exclusive channel. Whoa. That was awesome. It was like time traveling. I know. Thank you so much for showing us that. Can you believe that, Jack? I really can't. I'd rather watch this than sponsors. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'd rather watch sponsors than magic. (laughs) Anyway, uh, what else is going on for you, man? Like, uh, personally, I, you, you don't really go into uh, your personal life that much. Yeah, I'm throwing a housewarming party pretty soon because the house is finally yeah. done, which is awesome. Congrats to me. Yay. Congratulations. Yeah, it was pretty cool. And uh, other than that, I'm trying to do more sponsored videos so I can be <laughs> like Graham. <laughs> so you could buy a 4GT, too. <laughs> you are going to buy a Tesla, right? I was, yeah, Model Y. And I still am, but they've pushed the delivery date to, like, December. There's no way you could get around <laughs> that. No, I'm not that hooked. What about a Model yeah. X? Uh, I'm not sure. I'm a huge fan of the Model X. Like it's cool. I just I'm not sure. I like the going doors because uh-huh. they're like they're cool, but they're not as practical as normal doors. Because mm-hmm. you're driving a Civic right now, right? No, we're driving a Corolla. Oh, my okay. girlfriend and I are sharing a Corolla. Yeah. And then Corey, she got a new job with Jeremy. She did. That was pretty cool. So now yeah. Corey works at home, so we can actually travel places together and. She doesn't have to ask somebody for permission to get off work. That's cool. Which I think is awesome. So what's the next step for you? Like what's what's after this or what's what's coming up in the next yeah, few I'm years? Yeah, I'm trying maybe. to create an app that is tied to a cryptocurrency. Mm. Like what TechLead is doing, but it's tied to a game of investing. I want to do everything that Robinhood wished they could do. Because it's a game. It's not real investing. It's, it's just like paper trading? It's gamifying investing in a way that's never been done before. That's so be so it'd be like an app game. Yes. It'll be like an app game that's fun to play and that gets people encouraged and motivated to invest. Oh, but it could also like teach them stuff. Exactly. And the financial incentive behind it is that there's a crypto stable coin that I've created. Wow, that's interesting. Yeah. So it has it Sounds an awful lot like a security. No, it's a <laughs> utility token. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. When is that going to launch? I don't know yet. We're working on it. Okay. It's been over a year now that I've been working Who's on it. Who's we? Just me and someone else. This is a team from New York. Oh. It's working on it, yeah. But if you guys are talented crypto people, reach out. I'd love help with crypto. It's so complicated. I'm curious how it's... When you say game, is it... Because uh, Robinhood is kind of gamified right. investing. Right. Make a trade. You get, like, confetti. Right. It's just, like, paper trading but on like steroids, like like all the that. gamification is amplified by ten. Like you make you, a trade, like could, the screen flashes. You could say like, that it's it's <laughs> some variable of that, yeah. And is it tied to actual values of stocks? Like does it track the market and then like mm-hmm. incorporate that? Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, it's real time data and everything. Yeah, and the financial incentive behind it is that you know if I actually incorporate real stocks or real money, that would be really potentially scrutinized. But if it was mm-hmm. a crypto or a stable coin, maybe that's different. So. That's what I'm hoping. What could you buy with that stable coin? 
Could you buy? Yeah. Oh, or is question. it only used for like in-app purchases? Maybe it's something you hodl for life. <laughs> no, I don't know. I'm thinking through it still. Okay. Yeah. I think it's a pretty cool idea. That is interesting. I'd love to like hear more about it, but I, I'm assuming you probably don't want to divulge too much yeah. while it's still in the beta. Yeah. Either way, I, it's not. Yeah, I just I'm still learning about it. But even if I tell people, it's it's the thing yeah. about apps is just it's it's not the idea that's valuable. It's the execution. That's why, like, one of the things I actually don't really like is that I don't know if you experienced this with sponsors. Is like, hey, we want you to sign an NDA. And you're just like, I don't want to. sign I don't. It. Never. S- no. Uh. Uh-uh. Okay. I've had somebody ask me to sign an NDA, and I can't stand that. Like, NDAs make no sense no, to me. Worthless. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, dude, ideas are a dime a dozen. I don't yeah. want to sign your NDA, and that's going to prohibit me and from like working on this idea potentially. Here's a great idea: banana powered flying vehicles. If somebody creates that tomorrow, does that entitle me to royalties? No, right. So why should an NDA? Yeah, NDAs are a waste. But the app idea is really interesting. We got uh, with Jeremy. It's it's called the Hungry Bull. Yeah, it's awesome. I'll link to it down below in the description. If anyone <laughs> wants to try that out. But uh, we've been going now for a few months. Wait, was that smooth? Was that nice? No, that no, was not was a nice intro. No, the okay. Hungry Bull. The Hungry Bull. Looking directly it's into yeah, the camera. Down below. Yeah. <laughs> the Hungry Bull is down below in the description where you could sign up and try it for yourself. <laughs> Let us know what you think. Seriously, we got almost thirty thousand people on the app so far. It's it's still a work in 30, progress. 000. I would say. Uh, maybe we're twenty five percent of the way in terms of doing exactly what we want to do on it. Oh. Um, and there's a few other like ideas and stuff that I want to implement. Like right now, it's really just like the bare bones, and you're getting in at the ground floor if you sign up right now. It's free, totally free. I'm just <laughs> no, no, not there. <laughs> it's a good yeah, app. 30, I like it as a as a customer of the app. I like if it. Jack, a lot. listen, if Jack likes it, that's that's the best endorsement you could ever get. Is your Jack goal to it. sell it to BlackRock for billions? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what the goal. It, it, it's it's something new. That's what I like. Is mm. it something new? It's something different. It's outside of YouTube. Uh, could try a different endeavor. I like that aspect of it. Whatever yeah. ends up happening, I have no clue. But I like the fact that it's not necessarily reliant on myself. It could grow independently of me. And uh, it's just it's something a little bit different. That's cool. And I think I think really right now it's 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 going in the direction of just eventually becoming an app that I wish existed for myself. Right. Right now it's 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 it still needs more. Mm. So I acknowledge that. You know what but, I want to know though? Yeah. What the people have going on at home. I want to know what what their lives are doing. I'm gonna read the comments. Yeah. <laughs> Try to reply to as many as I can. Nice. Let us know what you think of the sponsors of today's video. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Down below in the comment section. So we asked yeah. what's going on with you, and you didn't say anything about your personal life. You mm. just you said uh, you know the app you're building and stuff. So what, what's going on with you? I've got you know? no life, man. <laughs> I've got no personal life. Yeah, I, I don't have a life. I just I'm just working. I just do YouTube all day. Where do you see yourself ten years from now? How about Al- that, alive. I hope. <laughs> I don't know. I, I hope that I'm still enjoying what I do. And I, I think the most I ever ask for is just to be happy and content where I'm at. And beyond that is just speculation. I just like, I don't want to cool. predict it. I just want to be about, happy. What about you, Graham? 10 years from now? Yeah. Uh, buckets of money. <laughs> <laughs> hopefully, a, hopefully a lot of sponsors. No, no. Uh, I don't know. De- definitely, I think 10 years from now, um, I, I want to take it easy a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good goal. I so, like that. Yeah. I took, uh, what was it? I took Labor Day off. Yeah. I have to say, oh man, I had not taken it like a, like a, and it, it, here's the weird thing. I worked that day. Mm-hmm. You did? But, yeah. Oh yeah. That's where I got all my reaction videos done. Oh yeah. That's good. Yeah. Same. But it was, it was weird. It was like, I told myself, I'm just going to take the day off and 
I got some of the best work done that day. It was the, the weirdest <laughs> thing, and I had well, so much also fun. you only reacted to stuff. Okay, true. Which once, is, but like, um, once you yeah. take a week or two off in your life, like purely without work, you'll never be able to go back because you realize that life's just about enjoying it, and not uh, just working. But no, but I, I took the day off, and I thoroughly enjoyed work. It was, it was a, it was just a fun day where I woke up, I slept in, slept in, like you know, eight eight a.m. Uh, just read the internet for a while, like right. two hours. Uh, took a shower, ate a nice breakfast, did a whole bunch of great reaction videos, had a fun time. Mm. Uh, went to the gym for like a solid hour, went in the jacuzzi. I, I think hmm. Macy and did I went you actually to heat gym. it up. I did. What? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've I've used the jacuzzi quite a bit, and uh, I found out that gas is really not expensive at all. <laughs> How much does it cost? Uh, the gas bill went from like I think like fifteen dollars, like twenty bucks a month. So it's like so five that's five bucks. bucks? Five bucks and, are you leaving it on now? Uh, no, not all the time. I I just turn it on for probably like an. Hour. It heats up within about an hour. So I could turn it on, use it. Huh. Uh, Good for you, man. Yeah. Yeah. Graham's got so. no soul. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think so, you probably five bucks, had yeah. such a great day because you just took it easy. You know, you, know you worked it was, your own time. There was no pressure. Exactly. There was, exactly. was no deadline to be like, uh, yeah, oh my God. During the week, if, if I don't hit the deadlines for every single day, I'm behind. Mm. And I have to make it up That's the a next stressful day. way of living, though. You I should, have to. You should I mean, take that, it easy more. That's that's listen. But that's required if if you want to continue growing on the on the platform and continue like pushing. You have to do. I you, I don't have the luxury of just. Uh, well, I'm gonna. You don't yeah. think, you don't I'm not think saying take off. Yeah. I'm just saying don't stress about it as much. By you don't think no, there's right. there's a, a happy medium like a Eventually. way that you can. Right now, there's not. Because I know have have are we allowed to announce that maybe by the end of this year? Yeah, let's not announce it. All right. Yeah. So, I think it's good that you took it easy, man. You you've earned it. You don't deserve point, it, but yeah, you've yeah, earned it. I don't it. deserve it. But <laughs> you earned it. Uh, at some point. At some point, they will. But uh, I love crypt- cryptic podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what are you up to? Secret stuff. <laughs> can't talk. Can can't we talk, talk about, about it? No. Let's <laughs> <laughs> talk about it. No. What about you? Oh, you know, things. <laughs> <laughs> really cool stuff working on behind the scenes. Can't talk about it, though. No, oh, at, listen, no. at some point, at some point, I, I want to just uh, scale back a little bit or do things in a way that's... Uh, uh, what was I about to say? Do things that uh, that can free up more of my time. So I think I think if I could, if I could get some of my time back, it'll really help. And be honest. Would you use that free time to enjoy yourself, or use it to put it into other ventures that'll make you? I want to go and make more money. I, no, I I don't know. I want to get really. I want to get really into fitness. I don't know. I've had I was just to say that. I think. Yeah. Like, I just want to get ripped. I, just want to get I do something yeah. productive that yeah. moves no, Graham forward. I could see. Yeah, I could see myself if I'm not if 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 I even just like. Get I don't know an extra fifteen hours a week. I'd probably put that in fitness because mm. I, I honestly I looked at uh, I saw that CNBC Millennial Money video earlier. I hated the way I looked. Honestly, <laughs> no, really, it was yeah. like to see myself because because I see the difference between like two years ago and now, right? And I think it's just I, I'm not in that in a place where I like I I look at myself like right. weight wise and I'm like yeah right no I'm I you. I could get definitely in shape and I've I've. Yeah. sacrifice that so two and a half years ago when i started youtube i looked so thin it's like unhealthy but now i feel like i'm at a better weight but i could be definitely more thin yeah. for sure so i was just thinking that do your arms look like they're really filling out yeah it's because i'm getting fatter oh pretty cool i thought it looked good All right, well on that note <laughs> <laughs> wait but i just yeah. want to say something like yeah. like i do want to mention because i came back from los angeles and what was that monday graham yeah when i came back from los angeles you seemed in an incredible mood 
and I didn't want to mention anything because I, I didn't want to like, I didn't want to say anything, yeah. but I was like thoroughly enjoying that. Like I walked in the door and you were all like happy and stuff. Like <laughs> so I was getting your reaction. Videos. I know, but like, yeah, I remember I was walking up, I was walking up to the front door yeah. and Graham's coming up from the gym. He's all, Jack, wait, wait. <laughs> I turn around. I'm like, he wants me. And then, <laughs> he and then, and then like he went and tell, told me I probably had to do something. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then I went inside, but I remember like, so I boxed his car in. And I didn't have my keys. My dad had my keys. And and Graham was like, oh, you got to like move the car and everything. And I feel like if this was, this was, were during like a time in the week, Graham would be like, I just beat you. No, he will. <laughs> he treats me well, of, like extremely well, but he would definitely like, he would be frustrated, you know, and it wouldn't be so fun. But then we solved the issue. I was able to, to maneuver the yeah, car yeah. out. So he was able to take the car and we were having fun while we were doing it. It was all relaxed and That's just cool. like problem solving in a joyous mood, yeah. you know, and I, I, I really enjoyed like that Monday. And it was awesome spending time with you, man. Yeah. I got to say I, the yeah. same thing, Graham. Really? I walked in at uh, 830 and Graham didn't know I was here because it was Labor Day. Yeah. And he greeted me in the nicest way I've ever been greeted. Ever. Because you know what? During the week, if, if I don't hit that schedule, I'm behind. Like, I got to get that I'll, schedule done. I'll tell you done. what it was. He got a number yeah. one out of ten video. That's, no, I didn't. That, no, the algorithm video. hasn't been our friend lately. No, but. no, The algorithm. Yeah, no. This is despite the algorithm. Oh, yeah. I feel you. I yeah, feel no. You. It was honestly just to uh, just to take a day off. I still got a lot of work done, but... Uh, but to do it, like to feel like I'm really getting ahead, mm-hmm. and just to do the things that I wanted to do that day. Yeah, that's without, cool. And and I was a bit of a you know a head on the main channel. Mm. So it was awesome. It's always a pleasure to be around you, man. <laughs> but Monday it was just <laughs> a whole different level. Like it was awesome. Yeah, yeah. And that and that weekend we did the uh, went to the Grand Canyon. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's yeah. cool. I thought it was that. Yeah. I didn't know it was like that. You were taking the day a little easier. Yeah, or less pressure. But yeah. So all right, we'll that's see. Awesome. Yeah. Sweet. So on that note, thank you so much for coming. I Thanks, really Thanks Andre. It. Use my coupon code down below, blockfi.com forward slash Andre. <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs> we'll edit that part out. <laughs> Thanks, man. I, I really appreciate it. it. Thanks. Peace. Oh. Are we leaving and then it's still recording and it's like, oh, yep. we're getting out. Yep. Oh, and then are we going to cut to that camera?